Hello, and welcome to the Harassment-Free Workplace Podcast. I'm April Tarot of Navigating Integrity Associates. This podcast is for CEOs and HR professionals of small and medium-sized businesses to learn practical suggestions that can be used right away to address harassment in the workplace. We are committed to creating workplaces that work for everyone. Welcome. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Harassment-Free Workplace Podcast. I'm your host, April Tarot, and today I'd like to welcome Maggie Craddock, executive coach and author to our podcast. Welcome, Maggie. Thank you, April. I'm delighted to be here. Awesome. Well, let's start by reading your bio so I can introduce you to our listeners. Maggie is an executive coach who has worked with clients at all levels of the professional spectrum, from people entering the workforce to Fortune 500 CEOs. She has been featured on CNBC, National Public Radio, and quoted in national publications, including the Wall Street Journal, the Los Angeles Times, and the Chicago Tribune. Maggie is the author of Lifeboat, Navigating Unexpected Career Change and Disruption, which will be released on August 4th, 2020, among numerous other publications. She has also written several nationally syndicated articles on behavioral dynamics in the workplace, and her work has been discussed in publications ranging from Harvard Business Review to Oprah Magazine. She was featured at Deutsche Bank's annual Women on Wall Street conference in both 2002 and 2004, and is a popular keynote speaker at leadership conferences for her corporate clients and industry networking associations. She has also received an MSW from New York University and is an Ackerman Certified Family Therapist. Maggie holds a BA of Economics from Smith College. Wow, welcome Maggie. You have clearly had an amazing career making a big difference in lots of different areas. Well, April, thank you for slogging through that introduction. That was extremely <laughs> gracious of you. Tell me about your new book. I know it's coming out August 4th, and I'm really excited to, to hear all about it. So tell me about your book. Well, thank you, April. You know, Lifeboat really uses the Titanic as a metaphor for unexpected change and disruption. And while this is focused on people's careers, the principles in it actually apply to every facet of our lives. Because I think at the very human level, the questions that Titanic survivors were facing are so similar to many of the questions we're grappling with today, like how bad is this going to get? Mm. How long is this going to last? How is going through this period going to change me? Right? So much unexpected change on so many levels for so many people. So many levels, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I think that one of the things that people look at is that, um, you know, the old norms, the way that they did things in the past just don't necessarily translate into how things are going to unfold in the air quote new normal, right? Mm -hmm. You know, because on the Titanic, you had this mindset that it, this ship was larger than life. This was going to be a big, fast, powerful situation. And you had people operating from these norms about play your part, keep your game face on, stay busy, move fast. And, you know, if you're moving a little too fast to pay attention to warning signs, that might not be good. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly you have all these very uh, vulnerable human beings that are huddled together in lifeboats on the Atlantic Ocean. And they're thinking, I have no idea what's going to happen next, right? Mm -hmm. they, they had no idea how they would respond to all of this and what they needed to do. And I think it's important for all of us today is at a very human level, they needed to be present with one another, right? They needed to take those strategic pauses before rushing into any kind of action. And that doesn't mean suppressing feelings. That just means taking pauses so you're not 
uh, overwhelmed by what you're experiencing because mm -hmm. it is an anxious time, right? Mm -hmm. And then something I think that's important to all of us, whether we're making decisions about what to do with our careers or how to respond to challenges on the job, making sure that we have aligned our thoughts, our feelings, that's so vital, and our intentions in the present moment, and just taking the small incremental positive steps we can to move in a positive direction as the situation unfolds. Wow. So, so much in that and so much good advice for what's happening right now, um, especially in, you know, the harassment-free workplace. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I'm really concerned about going back post-COVID or this new normal, as you said, the air quotes, new normal, mm -hmm. because it feels like it is a powder keg. Like people are stressed. So mm -hmm. when people are stressed, they act out in ways that, you know, are not necessarily healthy. Um, mm -hmm. And so I feel like harassment is probably going to go up in the workforce. And also people are coming from so much fear um, mm -hmm. because of, you know, do you have it? Do I have it? Am I giving it to you? Or are you giving it to me? You know, mm -hmm. how do we stay safe? And then on the flip side of it is I feel like people aren't going to be speaking up that who are being harassed because they're just so grateful to have a job right now. I think that that last point is so important because we have statistics on some of this April mm -hmm. and, and less on others. Mm -hmm. People have been keeping statistics on domestic violence, mm -hmm. which is obviously something that is so overt that we, we measure it that way. Mm -hmm. But when we get into workplace harassment and micro inequities and things like this, which can be incredibly damaging mm -hmm. to people's sense of self, to the range of professional possibilities they're able to envision uh, for themselves, and even if they suppress very uh, angry reactions on the job and those play out on the home front, they can even be damaging to the norms they're setting in their family system at a mm -hmm. time when we need to be as supportive of each other as possible. Mm -hmm. So really understanding what those triggers are, particularly for HR professionals, is critical to establishing cultures where people aren't just focused on how they're coming across or the point they want to make. They're mindful of how others feel about themselves after they've been around them. This is a really important flip and it involves sort of an internal strategy that isn't always embraced by the latest, uh, you know, 10 tips for emptying your inbox or something like mm -hmm. this, right? Mm -hmm. You know, it, mm -hmm. it's going to require much more emotional intelligence. And I think so. Yeah. And much more awareness of the self on so many levels. Well, and I think when we take this to business, you know, um, in, in Lifeboat, we go through all these different questions that lifeboat uh, survivors asked and, and tie them to the Titanic, but we also tie them to what's going on in the workplace. And one of the things that becomes critical, particularly under pressure, is not just looking at relationships in transactional terms. We've got all sorts of examples of how this plays out in the workplace, but one can't just evaluate um, the productivity of employees in terms of their transactional ability, what they're accomplishing. We also have to take a deeper look at how they're doing it, yeah. right? How they're interacting with other people on a team, how they're managing people under, under pressure. Are they micromanaging? Are they emotionally erasing people? We don't want to, uh, we always look at behavior. We don't want to castigate people as good or bad. But in organizations, norms need to be established and rewarded where people are incented to give each other the benefit of the doubt, particularly under pressure, and establish an environment of mutual respect. Mm. 
so much goodness in there as well. Um, so which takes me to my question that I ask all my guests, what are three things that our listeners who tend to be in the human resources world and or owners of businesses, um, mm -hmm. what are three things that you think they can do to help decrease harassment in the workplace? Well, I think one of the things and we were just touching on it is people need to take a very careful look at, you know, what the promotional criteria or advancement criteria are might, might be in an organization, but also at a very human level, the personality characteristics of the people who tend to get ahead, right? You, you actually want to take a step back and look at that. Uh, are, are really strident approaches to conflict uh, implicitly rewarded? Are, are uh, disagreements uh, sort of negotiated based on a popularity contest? Or have you really got a fair and, and mindful sense of who is able to acknowledge difficult situations, question rules, and how conflict is negotiated on the job? That, that's the, something people have to pay a lot of attention to. Mm -hmm. The second one is I talk a lot about a different kind of feedback. We call it lifeboat feedback in the book. But I, I tell people, particularly professionals in HR, you, you want to look for feedback as to whether or not people are being true to themselves under pressure, or they're sort of falling into extreme reactions. And, and that brings us right back to the simple fact that what we do when it's business as usual, the skills we employ are not necessarily the same skills we need under extreme pressure. People's power styles morph under pressure, right? Mm -hmm. So when, it's, when, when we're dealing with a normal situation, most of us, our thought process is fairly logical, right? We hopefully even strategic. When we're under pressure, we can go to polarized thinking, right? To snap judgments, to black and white thinking. Mm. And then we also have, you know, under normal circumstances, most of our emotions, you know, can bubble up on the inside, but we can keep that game face on and suppress them and compartmentalize things and we're okay. But under extreme pressure, that doesn't work either, right? There's always this tension between what people would, you know, would prefer not to know about themselves and what they'll allow themselves to realize under pressure. Mm. So all of this goes to getting feedback as to whether or not people are staying balanced and being true to themselves under pressure. So that's not just, you know, that's not just working through situations to say, should I make decision A or decision B? Mm -hmm. That's feedback on your decision-making process. Meaning as I explain this situation to you, do, do I sound like I'm being emotionally honest with myself or are I bear, am I burying anything I might, you know, not want to notice, might not be able to see? Do I sound like my motives are clear? And if not, why not? Do I sound like I'm being fair to all the people involved in this situation? And if I'm making any snap judgments, what could I be assuming that isn't necessarily uh, grounded in logic and in the present moment? That type of feedback brings people back to center and keeps them from being capsized by emotion mind under pressure. Mm. Bringing them back to center. I love mm -hmm. that. And, and helps them from being preventing to be capsized, which is great. Can we break those down a little bit more? Because you kind of went through them really quickly, right? So mm -hmm. number one, you talked about personality characteristics and our disagreements based on like, how is the conflict negotiated, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And take a clear look at that. And it won't be a yes or no. It's mm -hmm. going to be a most of the time kind of thing. But you do want to take a step back and have an honest conversation with yourself around that because 
Everybody, April says that people matter. And, and I think they truly believe that they do. But under pressure, that's where we have to look at whether our words and the actions we're taking are genuinely aligned, right? Mm-hmm. Or is the simple fact that people matter an inconvenient truth that's ignored under pressure? Or is that something that senior management stands by when mm-hmm. it's difficult and more importantly, when it's expensive? Mm. Right? So we've got that one. Mm-hmm. The other one is this idea of feedback, not just for people's transactional or commercial goals, but also in terms of the way that they contribute to an organization as a culture or a corporate community. Because my argument would be that the emotional tone of any workplace will impact every facet of people's lives who spend a lot of key time there, right? It's, you like to think you can keep that at home, but you can't. Mm-hmm. It will impact how you respond to your family. It will impact how you respond to yourself under pressure, right? And then, and then as you do that, I think one thing that comes out of this process that I always talk about with people is at the cultural level, um, one of the things we talk about in Lifeboat all the time are the steps you take to help an org- organization shift from being a place that operates according to the self-help mindset. And what I mean by that is you've got a lot of competitive people. There's nothing really bad about it, but they're, you know, concerned about personal advantage and personal security mm-hmm. and really ha- helping the whole enterprise um, when we're focused on survival, move to what I call the us help mindset, which is where people are balancing um, their individual needs with their ability to take their specific strengths and contribute to the greater good of the group. It's, that's such a good point to look at is I really feel that our whole society is looking at that right now. Mm-hmm. Like with COVID, with wearing masks, not wearing masks with all sorts of, I mean, all the social tensions that's happening as well is really going from a me society to a we society. Yeah. We see it at all levels, right? Mm-hmm. And how do we do that within our, our, I mean, I think that's really important work to be doing both on a personal level, in my family, you know, in my workplace, in my society, my culture as a whole. Is how do we go from that me mindset to that we mindset? Well, and, and, you know, we break this down a lot in the different exercises in Lifeboat as we're going through how these lifeboat passengers made their transition from the roles they were playing on that big ship where they were expecting to have a party on the high seas, right? Mm-hmm. What happened when people from all walks of life literally had to unite with their lives on the line, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and any kind of hierarchy or any kind of, you know, social standing went by the wayside. They really had to pull together to survive. Mm-hmm. And don't think that there weren't a lot of power struggles and there wasn't some harassment that played out on some of those lifeboats as well mm-hmm. as those things were getting rebalanced, right? But when we talk about power and harassment and what we're doing with these norms, we're talking about situations where if you've got a workplace harassment situation, people are being disempowered. And when we come back to this, we talk about how they re-empower themselves. And that goes to their relationship with themselves, right? And understanding where they may inadvertently play into some of these power plays and give their power away. And when you're managing up, I know that that sounds subtle, but we can talk a lot about that. We talk about how power plays out with other people, which goes to things like for, you know, negotiating conflict in a way that fortifies your personal integrity rather than diminishing it. Even if you're in the subordinate position, Mm -hmm. 
and also how you hold your own under pressure when you feel that somebody is singling you out or making you a target. Mm -hmm. There's a lot around that. And then to organizations, back to this self-help to us help, you know, how you help create, maintain, and if necessary, find and align yourself with organizations that reinforce your core values. And they all play off each other because you need to know what your core values are. Mm -hmm. And that means people need to be committed to finding a harassment-free workplace and also playing their part to continue to keep it that way under pressure. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're speaking to so many different things here because there's also the bystander effect. Like if Mm -hmm. I'm working in a place and I see somebody else being bullied, Mm -hmm. do I stand up or do I back down? Most people stay quiet because they feel their own job is on the line. So how do we create a culture where we actually bring that forward and, and know this is not okay. In Lifeboat, there are literally multiple examples of people doing this. I hadn't really realized how they speak specifically to this issue until I realized we would be having this conversation. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite stories in the Titanic is the one where Margaret Brown gets on Lifeboat number six, which is being commanded by Quartermaster Robert Hitchens. And he's literally coming undone on the open seas and picking fights and bullying people. And just they're all going to be dead in the water if they keep with this guy because he's not helpful. They're not moving forward. And he's going on and on about how they're all doomed. And Margaret Brown literally listens to this, watches it play out. And she sort of um, manages to keep the other passengers calm, gives them articles of clothing. And one of the biggest problems is the women are too weak to row the oars through the water. She organizes them two to an oar and keeps them rowing. And this is a central example that branches off into several case studies in Lifeboat where you show a person who is working in a department with a superior that is literally operating in a very dysfunctional and power-hungry kind of way, Mm -hmm. singling people out, uh, bullying people, right, using their power to intimidate others. And in this example, we sh- in these case studies where we're talking about how Margaret Brown dipped into strength under pressure, we show multiple examples of how people can watch, validate other people in the room, and even when they are targeted, how they start having the right conversations with themselves about some of the, the weak links in their own psyche. We call them the inner icebergs, right? Mm-hmm. They were fostered in their family system, how they learn to respond to conflict by watching their parental figures, how they respond when they're attacked. Do they overreact or underreact? What's going on with all of that? And you watch people take that lifeboat value I talked about and literally sit and align their thoughts, their feelings, and their responses in the present And you realize you have so much more than mere words to work with in those moments, April, right? Mm -hmm. You have timing, you have intention, and you have a lot of situations. And all of my case studies are, you know, from real life examples from my coaching. You have moments where if somebody is singling you out or making you a target and you can sit in your own value and respond uh, respectfully to the matter at hand, keep it business focused your actual tone and response in that moment can shift the tone of the room Mm. and literally reignite the pilot light of hope and everyone else sitting around witnessing this thing so that they all realize that it is possible to respond to this without becoming a victim or without going down to that level of force in your emotional energy. Wow. (laughs) That is yes, yes, yes. And more. Yes. Um, but just really 
empowering people not to fall into the the being bullied victim role is Absolutely. so empowering and so difficult to do, especially if it's been happening on a regular basis. But what I'm hearing is that HR professionals can be that Mary Brown in the lifeboat, right? So, yeah, they can. Yeah. They can. They can do that. They can be that Margaret Brown because so many people are almost afraid to come to HR. I hear right? it all of, the time. One of the things we talk about in Lifeboat is, you know, who can I trust in a crisis, mm-hmm. right? And a lot of people getting on those lifeboats wondered who to listen to because they'd been told the ship was unsinkable, right? All these lifeboats are being filled. They don't know who to listen to. Mm-hmm. HR has to ask, do people feel safe coming to me? Mm-hmm. Or do they think that I'm just, you know, operating as some kind of shill for senior management and I'm there to fire anybody who makes a complaint, right? Mm-hmm. And when they learn these skills, these internal coaching skills of how to help people understand how to clarify their thought process, how to do this lifeboat feedback so that they're true to themselves under pressure, HR can use this as an internal coaching tool, okay? Mm -hmm. They can literally help keep that organization on track because it's not necessarily about It's not always changing the behavior of the air quote bully or the person whose power style Mm -hmm. is aggressive and hostile. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you shift that dynamic by helping seed the courage and the ability to be a truth teller in other people, but helping them do that in such a way that it doesn't create some kind of mutiny on the bounty scenario. Yes. Yes. Or so that it's still respectful of the chain of authority. Yeah. But they leave it there because please understand, and I think we all know this, people who are operating from what I call power style blind spots, and they are either emotionally erasing or bullying other people. This is not strength. Mm -mm. This is deep seated insecurity that's being projected onto other people because they don't know how to handle their own anxiety. And the reason this conversation is so important at this time in the workplace, April, is that so many people are feeling it right? They don't know how things are going to unfold. And that's why it's incumbent on all of us, on HR professionals, on people leading teams. At the senior leadership level, you need to be embodying norms that are really showing, giving people the benefit of the doubt and respect for authority. As team leaders, you need to develop the emotional agility to know how to handle all these different blind spots of power styles that come up. And at the individual level, We must be having the conversations with ourselves or getting that lifeboat feedback so that we're not buying into a narrative that casts us as a victim, that recreates some chink in our armor we may have experienced in our family system but can't afford to amplify in the workplace, right? You know, Mm -hmm. it's time to it's time to work through that and heal it, Mm -hmm. you know, so that we are sitting in our own power and we are charting our own course professionally. And not having this dictated by outside forces. Wow. I can see your book is valuable for everybody, both those those in leadership, those in HR, those who just work in a workplace on how to stand in your own power and your own emotional strength and not be bullied by those who are in that fear place and in that insecure place. Oh, well, gosh, thank you for that. I hope so. Yes, yes. I'm just like, it's, there's, it sounds so valuable. I can't wait to get my hands on a copy. So I think it's going to be really awesome. Well, and you know, one of the things we talk about a lot is when do I jump in a lifeboat? You know, when is this situation in motion? such that I need to be thinking about a transition. 
Mm-hmm. And one of the things I think is vital about the lifeboat process is it, if people read it before they make a decision like that, it not only helps firms with retention, but it will help people in a difficult job market prevent themselves from leaving a promising career prematurely. Mm. When if they make these internal changes, they may be able to shift that dynamic and find it to be a good enough experience. Mm. There is no perfect experience, right? But it can be a good enough experience. And also, if you leave an uncomfortable dynamic before you have embraced the relational lesson within it, you're likely to recreate that lesson for yourself in another situation. Learn the lesson, learn the learn lesson, the lesson learn before the lesson. you make the choice, learn the lesson, yes. because if you don't learn it in this workplace and you dash off someplace else thinking it's all them it's and you haven't you. healed that internal dialogue, odds are you're going to recreate the same kind of challenge. It may take you a little while, right? But we always need to embrace the lesson. Oh, uh, where were you 10 years ago? I could have totally used you. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're doing great. <laughs> Well, it's just uh, having undergone a humongous um, career shift um, and, and due to myself being harassed in the workplace um, and not, not knowing where to go or what to do or like just feeling completely powerless in the situation. Um, I did a complete career shift. Now I'm loving that career shift, Mm -hmm. but I wish I could have learned the lessons before. So I didn't keep repeating them. Well, the other, the other thing too is, as long as we keep learning, Really, our mistakes can be the greatest thing that ever happened to us. You mm-hmm. know, if even mm-hmm. if you make a choice prematurely and you find yourself in the what now, there's a moment to get right back into the present and thrive. Mm-hmm. You know, because so one thing I do know, with there's so much change going on, if we really adopt this lifeboat mindset, we will find ourselves one positive, humble, small, or row of the oar at a time. We will find ourselves aligning with positive possibilities as this crisis, you know, dissipates, they always do. And we move past it. Right. Yes. So I think, I think it's just so important, but I do think that what we're talking about is vital for people because I have heard more and more instances, you know, as we all have under pressure, people's power styles are morphing and Mm -hmm. we're not necessarily uh, experiencing the most virtuous side of otherwise well-meaning superiors. Right. Mm-hmm. Not always coming out well. Yeah. So we definitely need to learn how to uh, to stay aligned in our own power and stay focused on our own value and what wow. we're bringing to the organization. Well, thank you so much, Maggie. It has been so great talking to you and learning more about Lifeboat and the whole Lifeboat pro- process. I think it is going to be helpful to so many people. Um, so thank you for the work you do. Thank you for coming and giving us your time on our podcast. I totally appreciate it. April, thank you for doing this. It's great. And how can people get in touch with you if they'd like to get in touch with you? Our website is workplacerelationshipsplural.com. Uh, I'm also uh, Maggie Craddock. I'm on LinkedIn, uh, at Maggie Craddock on Twitter and Instagram. I'm also on Facebook. And you can find Lifeboat, uh, Navigating Unexpected Career Change and Uncertainty on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, any major bookseller. Excellent. And can we pre-order it? Yes. And thank you for saying that, April. You can pre-order <laughs> it. And if you do pre-order it, you actually get uh, a special video I made on strategic pausing that, you know, just only goes to people who pre-order before August 4th and a couple of other executive summary handouts as a, as a thank you for actually ordering it before the official release date. 
Awesome. So get out there and order it now. That's amazing. So again, thank you so much, Maggie. Thank you to our listeners for listening in again. Go out and buy your pre-order your copy of Lifeboat so that you can get all those freebies for Maggie. And again, thank you. Please rate and review and leave comments for our podcast so that we know how we can serve you better. Thanks so much, Maggie. Thank you, April. Thank you for joining us for the Harassment Free Workplace Podcast. Subscribe now wherever you listen to podcasts so that you don't miss an episode. And please spread the word. Feel free to send us feedback, questions, and suggestions for future guests you'd like to hear from. We'd love to hear from you. For more information on workplace investigations and assessments, please visit www.harassmentfreeworkplace.com. Till next time.